Hey, hey everyone, welcome back to the Phil Dreisel Show. Today we are gonna talk about reconstruction as we continue in our Understanding Deconstruction series. Um, this series of videos has been put online on Instagram TV and, and YouTube, and we're slowly working through them here on Mondays on the podcast, and I hope you're enjoying that. Um, this is a topic that is really near to my heart, and you'll see why when we uh, when we dive into the content. Um, reconstruction is such a thrown around term, and yet it really concerns me. Um, and nine times out of ten, people that I come across that use the term are definitely people to approach cautiously. Um, I think they have the best of intentions, but the outcomes can be um, quite disastrous for most people. Um, and so, yeah, we'll talk about that and, and see what uh, the problems are with reconstruction and, and what maybe some of the intent is. Um, before we start, if you are deconstructing, if you're going through this process, if you're feeling lonely in that process, do check out the deconstructionnetwork.com, a free resource to connect with other people deconstructing in your local area. And if you want to support what I'm doing, you can do that at patreon.com slash phildrysdale or phildrysdale.com slash partner. Um, and as a thank you, you get access to our private discussion community. We have regular voice chats and Zooms. We do um, a more special monthly Zoom um, focused around a specific topic. Um, and a few other bits and pieces. And so um, it would be great to have you on there. And, and I'd obviously always appreciate anyone's support. Everything I do is for free. Everything will always be free. Um, and it is because of a, a handful of people that are in a place to be able to support what I'm doing. And so I'm greatly thankful for that. Um, all right, let's dive into the conversation about reconstruction. Okay, let's talk about some of the, the problems with the concept of reconstruction. So many people um, bring up the, the topic of reconstruction. Now, of course, a lot of this is to do with um, the conflating of the word deconstruction with its kind of like worldly use in day-to-day -day life. We talked about the definition of deconstructing as far as it's used in the community of deconstructing Christians. It's quite different from just a simple process of deconstruction uh, deconstructing in like the sense of construction in, in the sense of building a house you know um, deconstruction does feel very um, destructive you're deconstructing a house you're tearing it apart you're breaking it down um, you probably do want to construct something onto that house later right very few people downsize their houses uh, unless they're moving to a nicer area or something like that uh, or they feel wasteful and they want to be a bit more um, uh, ecologically uh, sustainable um, but on the whole, people do a deconstructive process for the purpose of then building something more for doing some sort of reconstructive process. But as we talked about with the definition of deconstructing Christians, what we're looking at is something that is actively constructive. When you take away a belief, you add a belief. If I say I no longer believe in God, that is a deconstructed belief, my belief in God, but it's also a constructed belief. I don't believe in God. I have replaced one belief with another. It's not that I suddenly have nothing to believe. Um, deconstructed uh, Christians aren't without beliefs. Um, they have changed their beliefs. They have decided something isn't true. Their belief might even be, I'm not entirely sure what I believe about that right now, but that is something that they believe. They are not sure 
about something. Um, and so the, the process of deconstructing is constantly um, the process of tearing apart an old belief and replacing it with something new, even if it's temporary. Um, and so we have to be careful of our own biases and needs for people to believe the right thing. We have a very strong emphasis on what the right thing to believe is and what the wrong thing to believe is. Now, a lot of this comes from our path out of a conventional Christian uh, space. Conventional Christianity is very black and white. It is very dualistic. There is an in, there is an out. There is a right, there is a wrong. There is a saved, there is an unsaved. There is a Christian and a non-Christian. You know, these are very black and white with a hard line down the middle. If you believe the things on the right side, you're good. If you believe the things on the wrong side, you're in trouble. And we'll get to that when we talk about how to tell loved ones that you're deconstructing or how to interact with people that are, excuse me, conventional Christians and stuff um, as you deconstruct. Those are coming in, in future videos. But this black and white way of thinking holds heart. Even as we deconstruct, we often have um, very uh, linear concepts of what uh, in and out mean you know we, we grow and maybe our in becomes bigger and our out becomes smaller but we still have these rights and wrongs and ins and outs um, deeply embedded in us that way of seeing the world that way of doing things and so generally speaking as we deconstruct as we replace certain beliefs we can we can fall into the trap of being absolutist certain fundamental even evangelists for our new position our right position and I see this more often than not in those that stay within some form of Christianity. Um, Christianity does tend on some level to be very in and out, which is in and of itself an interesting concept that we could talk about for a long time. Was that something Jesus intended? Was that something the apostles intended? Is that something that Christianity inherently is or not? Can there be Christian models without ins and outs? All those things are fascinating concepts and questions, but we're not going to talk about spirituality, uh, the, the, the theological implications of that right now. We're just looking at the fact that many people that stay in Christianity still have those ins and outs, those rights and wrongs, and they still want people to believe what's right. They still have a deeply ingrained belief that if you just believe what's right, you'll be fine. And so they may have changed their position on hell. Maybe they believe in a universalistic model, an ultimate reconciliation of all rather than eternal conscious torment, but they've become the new evangelist for it, right? So they are out there and they are preaching every day. They're going, you guys are wrong. You're not gonna go to hell. Everyone's loved. God loves everyone. He'll save everyone. Don't worry about it. Stop preaching doom and gloom and, and putting this kind of religious, toxic shame and abuse on people. You need to stop that. You know, they become the new evangelist for their own model. And so that type of person often becomes the voice of something like reconstruction. Generally speaking, people that are saying reconstruction are going to have a more certain uh, position on their own spirituality. People that have a more open position on their spirituality aren't going to be so loud about, well, you need to reconstruct because they understand, well, actually we're all on a journey and we all believe something. We are constructing something as we go. We are building and developing our beliefs as we go. They just might be different than mine and that's okay. When you hold things a bit looser, you're a bit more open to people believing differently. If you become fundamental, you and this isn't to pick on Christians, you can do this as... Um, you can be a fundamental agnostic, right? Um, so you can go, well, I'm not sure and no one can be sure. So then you become fundamental about it and you start going, well, you can't be sure of that. You have to understand that you don't really know. It's all subjective. You know, we can never really know. And so you can become fundamental about that. Or maybe you're atheist and you become fundamental about that, right? And so you become... 
um, the next Richard Dawkins. I love Richard Dawkins, not saying anything against him, but he's fundamental about it, right? So he's trying to convince Christians and, and, and convince others that Christianity is flawed, that it's, it's problematic, and other, um, uh, you know, uh, religions based on kind of a, a theistic kind of model you know he's he's saying look that's 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 not right it's not it's not correct you know atheism is the only kind of one that really makes much sense um, and so people need to become atheists to become ha happy and healthy and look at all this data people that are atheists are actually more moral they're more healthy they're whatever you know like um and so He's become a new evangelist for his certainty. And so maybe he might say, yeah, deconstructing Christian is good, but don't go back into Christianity. You need to go all the way to atheism. Uh, I don't know what Richard Dawkins would say to deconstructing Christians. So I, I'm using him as a, a very obvious example of, of a, a more militant atheist. Um, and I use that in the most loving way because I think he's a great guy and a fascinating person. Um, my point being, it's very easy for people with certain positions to want people to reconstruct, i.e. to construct what they have, to agree with where they're at, to come to the same place that they have. I think this is part of our ego. We want to be validated. We want to know that what we believe is right. And the more people that agree with us, the safer we feel that we believe something that's correct, right? It's that uh, we all like people that agree with us. When people agree with us, we just we just go, oh yeah, I'm right. I, I feel good. I feel a bit of a buzz. That's natural. That's that's. And how much more natural is that when we are thinking about something that's got eternal consequences or something, right? If I stop believing in hell, I want some people to agree with me. If every person I know goes, no, you're wrong, and you're going to go to hell, that's a scary place to be in. Even if I don't believe in hell now, I'm a little anxious about it, right? And so many of you, I'm sure, can uh, empathize with that as you deconstruct. You're going through this very lonely process. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's it's perfectly natural for us to want people to agree with us, to have people that, that see our view and go, that's a great view. I agree with it. I want to follow that. But it's really dangerous to force this on people, to try and steer people into believing what we believe. Largely because as people deconstruct, they're going from a position where they have come out of conventional Christianity. At conventional Christianity, most people have a psychological um, makeup. And we'll talk about this in a future video where we talk about um, stages of consciousness and, 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 and um, developmental models and things like that. But as people develop, they go through stages of, of how they view the world, how they view themselves, how they view others, what their needs are, how their ego develops, what their morality is and how that develops. All these things go through stages of development. And one of the stages of development is, is very conventional and it needs safety and certainty and security and it looks to authority to give it to that. And that stage is generally what you'll find people within conventional Christianity at. They are looking for safety, certainty, and security. They're looking to authority figures, whether it's a God, a pastor, a Pope, a Bible, some authority that just tells them this is the way it is and you can feel safe that you know what's right if you just listen to it and follow it. Um, of course, there's all kinds of fallacies with that, right? Every other person that reads the Bible reads it differently, right? Every person that listens to God will tell you that he said something slightly different, right? So of course, that's, that's problematic, but many people don't see it at this level. And the next stage as we grow out of that, that's generally the process of deconstruction. As you go out of that process, you start to find a bit more autonomy. You start to find a bit more individualism and you go, gosh, I can question some of these things. And actually these people I look at as authorities aren't maybe authorities. Maybe that pastor doesn't know as much as I think, as I thought he did. And I Google quickly and I go, gosh, there's other options. He didn't even bring those up. I don't even think he knows about those options within Christianity. And so you start questioning and doubting and looking in other ways. And what's gonna happen is you are now finding a bit more freedom, a bit more room to grow, 
but you still have, people don't go from one stage to another. We, we kind of slowly transition from stage to stage. So we often are find ourselves in a few different stages, um, spread across a few different ways of thinking, a few different like kind of psychological models. And so what happens is as we grow in our autonomy and our individualism, early on, we still are looking for certainty, safety, and security. And we often are looking for an authority figure. What changes is we just think, well, maybe I'll find the right authority figure. Maybe I can find someone that really knows what's good. And that's a good thing. That's a good change, right? It's a really helpful thing. It's a really helpful thing if you're in a church and the pastor is saying, hey, don't take your meds because you're depressed. That's uh, that's not what God wants, right? And you suddenly move out of that and you start to go, well, maybe my pastor doesn't know what's best for me as far as mental health goes. Maybe his training isn't in that. And you go and speak to a mental health uh, practitioner and say what should I do and you look at their credentials and they've got good qualifications within mental health they've got many years of experience and you think I'm going to listen to this one um, that's a good change right to start to look for authority that has more grounding but what can be dangerous is as we start to deconstruct and we start to look for new authorities to give us theological grounding or spiritual grounding is often people will um will give us that certainty when really what we're needing right now is to fully explore what's going on. We need to be embracing a bit more uncertainty. That's kind of what the most helpful and healthy kind of process is for most people. Um, it might be that what you need really right now is just to find a new sense of security, a new sense of certainty and to hunker down for a bit longer before you continue growing maybe a decade later, maybe a few years later. But for most people, what they need is, is room to breathe, room to explore, room to, to try and find something new. This is why people get really frustrated when they message me. I, I, my messages are always open to people. I love talking to people and helping them on their journey. But they'll ask me, what does the Bible say about this? What do you think about God? What do you think the, the answer is here? And I frustrate them so much because I don't give them black and white answers. I won't tell them what I think and I won't tell them what to think or even... Um, necessarily what one book they should research or, or read or anything like that, I try and give them a broad overview and I try and go, hey, well, this is a really complex thing and a lot of people arrive in different places, but it's interesting you're asking this question. Here's a whole host of different things you can read to study that or here's a book that looks at like multiple different angles or um, have you thought about this question and, and, and cause them to just step a bit more into that questioning because I think generally speaking, what we need is not... Um, a reconstruction into a new certainty. What we need is a freedom to move into more exploration, more adventuring, um, more questioning and following our curiosity. And so my point of making this video is to warn you that many people out there are going to talk about reconstruction. Most of them are going to be conventional Christians, right? Most of them are going to be the pastor that you just left and, and he's going to go, well, yeah, it's, it's good to doubt. It's good to question these things. But as long as you come back to Jesus or as long as you do so according to the Bible, these are the, the kind of things you're going to hear regularly um, from people like conventional Christians. But you might also find people in progressive Christian models going, well, yeah, it's good to question. But like, you know, you can question within this framework of Christianity. You don't need to question outside of it. Don't explore too far. You want to, you want to, you know, keep following Jesus. Jesus is the way, you know, like he really is. And, and so they're going to try and bring you to a place where you arrive where they have arrived. And I think that can be great. I think it's no surprise that we all arrive in similar places at times. 
I think there's obviously a lot of truth to a lot of these positions. Otherwise, millions of people wouldn't arrive at these different positions. The point is, though, millions of people arrive at different positions from each other. And so we need the freedom to explore that. Um, so be, be wary of that. Be wary of it from people outside of Christianity as well. You will find this in place there as well. People will say, oh, of course you're deconstructing Christianity. It's because Hinduism is right or Buddhism is right or Christianity is right. Um, or well, Christianity is the wrong one, but you know, like whatever it might be, Judaism, Islam, atheism, whatever it is, be very wary of people that are black and white about what you have to believe. It's not necessarily the most helpful thing for you. What's going to be helpful for you is to explore and to play. And so enjoy that process. Enjoy questioning. Um, you're naturally reconstructing something. You are constructing something new. That's what's happening as you deconstruct. You are now believing a set of beliefs that you have never believed before. In fact, you're probably so unique that no one in this universe has believed the exact set of billions of beliefs that you believe, right? And so you're constantly in this process of taking away some beliefs and bringing in some other beliefs. And so try not to get too in your heads. Try not to let other people manipulate you, make you feel guilt or shame or anything about not believing the right thing or, or deconstructing the wrong way or not reconstructing. All that stuff, generally speaking, is much more manipulative than helpful. Now, I will say it's not intentionally manipulative. It's not intentionally trying to deceive you or harm you or cause your growth to be stunted. These people genuinely believe they found the right answer, just like you had at conventional Christian stages, right? You genuinely believe I'm right. I, I, I know the right way. I know that this is going to take me to heaven and everyone else is going to hell. I need to go save people. Like that mentality is still there. So even if you um, are in that new position, it's not that you're manipulating someone when you give them certainty. It's just that's where you're at. You certainly believe you are true and you certainly believe other people are wrong. So you want them to be uh, right. You want them to have the right beliefs. It will affect their lives in a positive way if they believe the right thing. So it's it's not to shame anyone that's in that position. Um, you know, I don't think we need to go on a crusade attacking people that are in that place. Um, I just think we need to be wary of it and be aware that that might not be the most helpful thing for us to try and reconstruct the same way that someone else tells us to or the same way that was helpful for them might not be helpful for you. All right, that's enough about uh, reconstruction, but I hope it's given you a bit of an overview of what's going on when people talk about reconstruction and why we need to be a little wary um, of that. I love y'all. Catch you later. So those were my thoughts on reconstruction. Um, nice, short, sweet one for you this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it gave you some things to think about. Um, obviously, this is um, a really important topic. Um, it's so important that people are giving the space um, for their deconstruction, you know, it's really important that they aren't um, locked in and, and, and given set parameters on what deconstruction can look like for them um, because every single person's deconstruction is unique and it's really important that you experience deconstruction the way that you need to experience it and you question what you need to question, that you find the answers that you need to find. Um, and so I hope that this video has given you a bit of freedom from maybe anyone in your life that's kind of um, telling you how to go about deconstruction or anything you've come across online that tells you this is how to reconstruct or anything like that. Um, if you do want to talk anytime, I'm I'm here for you. I would love to talk to you. I'd love to hear about your story and and um, and and just yeah process with you. Um, if if you need to do that with someone, you can find me on Instagram. It's at Phil Drysdale. 
Um, I'm always around to, to chat um, and help people process with that. Um, if you need to connect with other people locally, the deconstructionnetwork.com is a fantastic research uh, re uh, resource. It's also doing fantastic research, but um, it's a fantastic resource that is completely free that helps you connect with other people locally that are going through deconstruction. And so that might be a really helpful tool for you to um, connect with other people that get it. You know, so many people um, just don't get it. You know, whether they're in or out the church, those in the church definitely don't get it because they haven't deconstructed and they think you're you know, consumed by Satan and fallen away. Um, and those outside the church that have never kind of been in the church, they, they don't get what it's like to have lived in that bubble, so consumed by the bubble, so immersed in what it is to be Christian and then to lose that um, in one way or another. Um, and so they don't get it either on another level. Um, and so there can be such um, a peace, such a uh, camaraderie in finding someone that gets it, someone that's been on a similar journey. You might be in completely different places. You know, What you'll find when you check out the Deconstruction Network is some are atheists, some are agnostic, some are still Christian. There's such a broad spectrum of people and where they're landing, um, but they all have come from the same place. And we've talked about that in this series already. Um, it's the point of origin and that transition is the same. Um, and so finding people that have gone through that transition of coming out of conventional Christianity um, can be so helpful. And so do check out the deconstructionnetwork.com um, if you if you want to try and find some people locally. Um, it's well worth doing, well worth trying. Um, and if you want to support what I'm doing, as I said at the beginning, phildrysdale.com slash partner or patreon.com slash phildrysdale. Help me keep all these resources for free. Help me um, pay the bills while I chat with people for hours on end on Instagram and different stuff like that. I don't have time to go get another job. Unfortunately, this takes... Um, but 60 hours a week at least usually. Um, I say unfortunately, I love what I do. I absolutely delight in doing what I do, um, but it, it does mean that I don't have the time to, to work a full-time job um, or even another part-time job most of the, most of the time. Um, and so I really appreciate those of you that are in a place to support what I'm doing. And as a thank you, you get access to the private discussion groups, you get access to video chats and voice chats with me throughout the, the month um, and, and different perks throughout the week. We do a book club and different things like that as well. Um, and so it'd be great to see you in that community if you are able um, and, and willing. Um, if you aren't, I'm still here, still available all the time, anytime you want on Instagram. I'm still putting out all these resources. They're always going to be free. That's never going to change. Um, and so don't feel any pressure to give at all. Um, wonderful. All right. Let's wrap up there. This week we have on Thursday, we go back to our discussion format. Um, and so on Thursdays, I chat with different experts, different people that have experienced deconstruction and gone through their own deconstruction journeys. And this week we've got Conrad from Ideas Digest, which is a fantastic uh, podcast. Uh, I've been on podcasts as, as a guest. Uh, and Conrad is someone that is incredibly skilled at having extremely controversial people, people that you, generally speaking are quite um, uh, one-sided on, on an argument or hold quite an extreme position. And he has them on and he asks just really neutral questions, maybe pushes them, asks them what um, someone on the other side of the spectrum would ask, but remains neutral himself um, and draws out some really phenomenal conversations and really interesting conversations. It's a very hard podcast to run uh, because a lot of people will get really upset that he's had some uh, you know, extreme conservative or an extreme liberal or he's had Rob Bell or he's had someone that would hate Rob Bell or you know, whatever that might look like. Um, and so we're going to talk with him about um, how he does that, his own personal journey um, of coming out of church, uh, Christianity, conventional Christianity, I should say. Um, you know, 
these different um, things. And so I'd encourage you to check that out on Thursday. It's going to be a really good one. And I'll see you um, next week uh, for the Understanding Deconstruction. On Monday, we'll be talking about um, how developmental theory, you, you guys know I talk about developmental theory all the time. I think it's such an important tool um, in process and deconstruction. We'll talk about how developmental theory can help us as we go through deconstruction, um, both as we understand ourselves and as we understand the communities we leave and the communities we're moving into. Um, and so that'll be a great one. And I hope you enjoy that as well. That's enough for me. I will see you hopefully on Thursday, if not on Monday, um, for another podcast. Love you all. Catch you later. Peace.